Hello, and welcome to another episode of Gaming Couch, where we sit back and talk about video games, board games, card games, and the like. So pull up a chair, put your feet up, and let's have a good time. Hello, everyone. Welcome back oof, to another episode. You know, time is a valuable, valuable thing. This past week, I don't know, it's like, it's been kind of an an off week for me, I'd say. Usually I come in knowing kind of what it is I want to talk about, anything big that's happened, or some new games that I played, or, you know, whatever, for the next episode. But this week, I don't know, uh, there's not much going on, really. As I've gotten older, I've started to kind of think about it. And cherish the time I spend playing games more and more. Because, as you all know, as you grow up, things change. Responsibilities are different. This, that, and the other thing. And, before you know it, family, job, and everything else just starts to pile up. And so, when you do have time, or when you set aside time for yourself, you want to make it something really that you kind of enjoy and appreciate for that time. You know, when I was younger, you know, be it college or still in grade school or whatever, I didn't really care much about what game I would get. You know, maybe I'd be like a little upset by spending the money on a game if I didn't fully enjoy it, but I'd still play through it and at least see it to the end because, well, I had time to do it. Like there wasn't much going on. I was able to easily do it. But nowadays, it's less care about the money. I have a job. I have an income. So it's less care about the money I spend on the game. And it's more about the time I put in playing it. Like, did I really get out of this game what I wanted? And so time and time again, I find myself going back to games that I really enjoy and playing them instead of trying to expand. And that's what I did this past week. I was th- sitting there, I'm like... I- could use a new game or two, like maybe a new RPG or something, to kind of spend some time playing, because I haven't had a chance to really play any good RPGs of late. So I'm like, let me let me see what's going on on Steam, the Epic Game Store, see maybe I pick something up. And sure enough, I got four. Picked up four new games. One of them was free. And it's like, they're not bad games. I just don't find myself wanting to... Fully invest the time because they're not capturing me as much as I would like. So right now, like this episode, it's not going to be knocking games or anything else. It's just going to be more of like just a low-key feel. Maybe a little shorter than other episodes. Like we might be just under the 30-minute mark. And we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I pick up these different games. So they have this new game, John Wick Hex, which, granted, it's a really cool concept. Indivisible, the people who made Skullgirls, making kind of an RPG. I do like how it's set up with the combat. I picked up this game. It's pretty old, called City of Brass. Apparently, the guys who made Bioshock made it, so I was very intrigued by it. I was like, ooh, I loved Bioshock, so I picked that up. And then, you know, Epic Games, they do their weekly free games. And so they had Surviving Mars for free, which is like a colony simulator. So I'm like, eh, why not? Let me, let me just pick that up see what it's like. Because each of these games does have something I'm interested in. Like, City of Brass... Well, first of all, like I said, Bioshock. I really enjoyed Bioshock. So when I saw that it was Bioshock's people, I picked it up. And it's a roguelike game. And 
talking about time, I do appreciate roguelites. Like, they're challenged, so I can stay invested in it. But also, I can complete a run, like, you know, in an hour, whatever. So every day I can do a quick run. If I win, I win. Cool. If not, well, I'll just pick it up again the next day. Like, there's no overarching story or anything for me to really worry about. I can just kind of come and go as I see fit. And then there was Surviving Mars, which, again, I was really intrigued because I do like simulators to some degree, especially kind of like city management. I always want to play a good management-style game. So I thought Survivor Mars might be the one for me, but it was taking too long to get started. Like, the tutorials were great. Don't get me wrong. It showed you everything, but it was a lot. Like, it would take you a while just to get through all the tutorial stuff before you actually get to playing the game itself. That's just how in-depth it is. Not so much slow, but just it, there's a lot going on with that game. And then Indivisible, like I mentioned, Skullgirls, creators made it. It's a 2D side-scroller with RPG-like elements in terms of, like, characters can level up and they have stats. And there is active battle is how it works in combat. So instead of, like, taking turns, it's when your gauge fills up, you can attack. And so you can, like, do kind of, like, various combos. You can do an up attack, a down attack, a regular attack, and people can kind of combo with each other. It's really cool. Like, the artwork's amazing. You know, I, I always liked Skullgirls for the artwork alone. Even though I sucked at the game, so I never picked it up, I loved it for how it looked. And John Wick's Hex, it's like a chess game. They advertise it kind of like a chess game uh, with a timer. And as you move or do actions, it takes up certain time on the timeline. So if you do a thing, other people are reacting to it. And then when the timer pauses, you have time to think about what you want to do next. So it's this really interesting like, like mental game of like, okay, do this, now do this, then do this in response, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And you see, if you see an enemy, you'll see them on the timeline, like what they're about to do so you can react properly to it and everything. It's a really fun mental game. Like I, I like the mechanics of it. I'm not a fan of the art style or how it's like presented overall, like the arching story. I'm not a fan of how it's presented so much. But the mechanics alone are very intriguing, I feel, can keep someone's attention for a while. So yeah, I I played a bit of all these games, and yet I still find myself, like, I went back to playing Satisfactory again. I started up a new world on Satisfactory. Hell, every now and then I'll boot up Minecraft again and just play a bit of Minecraft and just relax and dick around a little bit on on a new server, a new world, and just see what new stuff I can do. But why, like... Yeah, I played Satisfactory to an extent. You know, it's still early access. So I got to essentially what the end point is currently of one world. I didn't really clean up the factory. So I started up a new one. I'm like, screw it. Why not? Let me start up another another ground of it, a new world. But now that I know what I'm doing in the game, I can plan better. So instead of me going just straight for the next milestones, I actually took my time and I went around looking for hard drives because I knew if I got a hard drive, I could get unlocked different recipes which might help me in the future so now everything's more streamlined and much more efficient than my last world was and i'm i'm enjoying it a bit more this time around because i have a solid idea of how everything kind of works and what it is i need to exactly do to be the most efficient and the game's it's much it's much better this time around and i mean minecraft what more can i say you play minecraft all the time to try and make something new and all of that, I'm finding myself dedicating more time to RPGs, Cyberpunk and Lancer especially. I haven't done much D&Ding recently. I have a group that meets every week, and we play D&D for two hours. But I don't run those campaigns. I'm a part of them, so I just have to show up, which is nice. 
But Cyberpunk and Lancer, I'm actually running that stuff. So I'm finding myself dedicating a lot of time to those games. It's so like yesterday I played a bit of Cyberpunk, and it was really fun. I had only two of my characters present instead of the whole group because they kind of like divvied up to handle different things. And it was actually a really fun improv session because one character got arrested and they just negotiated her term so she'd be released from jail and not serve jail time. And she's like, crap, now how do I handle this? Because she's a net runner. She wants to be online, but she's on a probation period for 90 days saying you can't go online. And if you do go online, we'll press charges. You'll be sent to jail, yada, yada, yada. So she's, of course, like, what the fuck am I going to do now? And then the other character, who's her roommate, is trying to help her out, figure things out, get things situated. So they head home. Uh, a friend of the Netrunner is there. And they talk a bit about what happened. And then at one point, I'm sitting there. I'm like, yeah, all I really wanted to do is have, like, her friend show up. I really had nothing else prepared for the day. And the one girl, she's like, I just want to go to a party. I'm like, what kind of party? You know, like, not, like... A party party, but kind of like, you know, a more, you know, chill party. So I'm like, kind of like, you know, not a rave, but more like a, you know, like high society kind of party or something like that. She's like, yeah, I'm like, all right, let's go to a party. I'm like, what? I'm like, we're just going to go to a party. I'm like, we just improved an entire party, and I ended up actually having a main story hook show up there for that party that she met another runner there who had some information for her, et cetera, et cetera. So the story moved along, but it was just kind of fun. It, it was fun just revisiting something familiar, and then mixing it up a little bit you know what that improv session was just incredibly fun we had a blast doing it everyone had a good time with it and then there's lancer which i only played one session of it i only jammed one session so far of it the first mission i made but i have no joke been pouring hours into it because i'm taking lancer and approaching it with more of a war game style mindset because the rules, I feel, at least with how it says with the narrative play, with make a skill check to do a thing, I feel it kind of fits like a war game style. So, you know, having hex-based com- having hex based combat, but events are triggering. Like, I played a lot of Rage of the Shadow Deep, and I really enjoyed it, so I took some inspiration from that and built combat more narratively. So, of course, there's still normal combat. You take your turns, you do all the stuff with your mechs. But then, like, certain events will trigger. You know, when something happens, a certain event triggers, and then this happens. Or during the narrative play, I'll have, like, bullet points saying, you know, make a check, and if this happens, that happens. If this happens, that happens. And, I mean, that's how the rulebook has it set up anyway. Like, it does mention, hey, doing skills during narrative play as a pilot should be structured this way, and then turn-based combat structured this way. But I'm kind of, like, melding everything together. So there is still some narrative aspects to the combat instead of it just being mech on mech which is fun regardless don't get me wrong but i'm adding like note sections in there so like narrative things can kind of happen throughout the combat and it's fun like lancer's a new rule set that i'm still getting used to but i'm taking something kind of familiar you know a war games which i'm kind of familiar with and also that creativity that D inspires so i feel D inspires a lot of creativity but I never took time to read through everything in the D&D books, you know, like all the different tables and charts and all that kind of stuff. I like to really improv D&D and Cyberpunk also. I love improving it. So I'm taking Lancer, I'm taking some time with that to make it less improv And honestly, I have no complaints over it. I'm actually really enjoying it. Like I never actually really enjoyed preparing for D&D or even Cyberpunk. I really enjoy just going at it and kind of seeing what happens and letting everything unfold. 
Lancer, I'm actually putting a bit more effort into it to structure everything, so I'm handling it different than I usually do. And yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. It's taking up time, but I'm enjoying the time I'm spending with it. Contra- you know, compared to other things like you know, City of City of Brass, for example, it's a roguelike. So every time you go through, it is different, and it's a very unique roguelike because it's first person. So like Bioshock, you know, first person running through this city, and you have your you have your weapon and your whip and then like other equipment you can get, but. Narratively speaking, like every roguelike has some sort of story that unfolds over time, I feel, or it's designed in such a way that it's very compelling and it tells something over time without really saying any words. It's like the Binding of Isaac. Don't I'm not even gonna get started with that. The story with there is long and complex and gets ridiculous after a while. But the the standard story is always shown in the intro cutscene about your mom going crazy, hearing a voice from. You know, hearing the voice of God and everything, she's going to kill her son, and now you escape into the basement and things happen. And from there, it gets fucking batshit and crazy. But then, like, Slay the Spire doesn't have as much as a crazy story. It's There's a spire, it's full of evil, go kill the heart. But every time you play, you're going through the same three acts that kind of show how the spire gets worse and worse. You know, going through the exponium, which is kind of the beginning, it's just, you know, the, the bottom levels, like the depths and everything... Just dank and dark and ugh. But then you hit the city, and it's like, okay, what's going on with the city? You have all these different events that can happen throughout each act, so it makes the place kind of come alive, and it's very compelling at times. Like, oh, this duel, I know about the jousting duel. Or getting lost in Act 3 to beyond, you know, with all these twisting corridors. Like, it makes the acts kind of come to life, and it gives Aspire some life beyond just rearranged every single time. But City of Brass... You know, I'm spending the time playing this game and I'm not feeling the same thing. Like, the narrative is very simple. You find a medallion that leads to this ancient Arabian city that's full of wealth, but you only have so much time to spend there. It's, you know, a cursed city. So you want to get in, get as much as you can get, and get out. Pretty cool. But beyond that, there's nothing compelling. Like, it's it's a beautiful-looking game. Again, first person, which is really cool. For a roguelike, but every area does look the same. Now I never, I haven't gotten too far into it because the game is kind of challenging. So I haven't gotten too too far into it in terms of like levels. But it just doesn't. Nothing kind of like sticks out to me. You know, like level one will have spike traps on the floor. So when I step, when I walk through the door, I gotta check the floor to make sure spikes don't shoot out. I know that. But then level two, there'll be less of those spike traps. Instead, it'll be like pits that lead into spikes at the bottom. I die instantly if I fall in the pit. So I'm still looking at the floor. It's just a different kind of trap. But it's really the same. I do the same thing to avoid it. There's nothing compelling. There's nothing different between everything. And then there is equipment to get, but it's so vague. Like I found something. I found this shield. Now, you would think the shield, like you'd be able to use it. But when I got the shield, I got this piece of equipment... It didn't actually take up any of my hands. I still had my sword and my whip. And it mentioned, you know, those who use the shield will not come to harm. That was all it said. It was like activating this shield will ensure you don't come to harm. That is all it said about the shield. I had no idea how to activate it. I stood still and I saw a circle kind of, you know, go over it. Like I saw the shield icon and the circle was over it when I stood still. But I still took damage. So I have no idea how to use the shield. So there's nothing... nothing there's nothing there. Like, you know, Slay the Spire, when I get an item and I read it, 
there's something that tells me what the card does or what the trinket does. In Isaac, the item itself kind of gives you a hint as what it could do, and then little flavor text can give you something else. And then beyond that, obviously there's the wiki you can look at, but at least in-game, like, you usually have some sort of visual thing that shows you, or your stats. You can check your stats, and your stats will change if you pick up an item. There's at least something kind of telling you, and it's compelling. Like, it's things related to religion or being a kid, so you can get the common cold. You know, or you can find an Ankh, or you can find the cross. Like, there are th things magically that work. But when I'm playing City of Brass, like, it's a fun game, but I just can't find myself engaged enough to spend the time there because what's keeping me there? Like, the combat's all right. It's nothing to write home about. But again, like, this, I just don't see myself dedicating time to it because there's nothing that is intriguing there's nothing very nothing really changes about it like yeah each time you play it since it's a roguelike the floor layout will change which is really cool again that's why i'm so upset i'm not enjoying this game because it's really cool that you're taking a roguelike which rearranges the game every time you play but it's 3d and it's not really room based like there are rooms in it but there are some large set pieces like sometimes you go through like an entire market but the market is different every time, even if it is there. Like, you might just be more corridors. So it's it, it's an amazing feat of technology. Making a 3D roguelike like this is amazing. It is. But I can't... I, I just can't find anything getting me hooked. You know, I, I talked a long time ago, you know, like one of the first seasons, about compelling stories and hooks to keep players engaged. And with some of these games, I'm not really, I'm not really seeing that. I'm not seeing that at all because I want to enjoy the game so much, but it's not giving me anything to really keep me going. Like, Satisfactory, as much as it's still early access and I made a new world and it's, it's going to be the same thing over again. Like, I actually found out, you know, idiot me, when I first talked about Satisfactory, I thought each of the three, like, worlds you could pick were separate. Like, they had the the standard temperate desert and then kind of like jungle. I thought they were all different planets, but no, they're all the same planet. Like, I actually discovered the other day, I started in the desert biome, and I walked one direction, and it was a short walk from base, and I realized, wait a minute, this is the same oil that I found on my other world, and I walked a bit more along the beach, I'm like, yep, this is the same thing. Like, I discovered it's all one world. But why am I so intrigued by this when I already know what's what with, like I said, I, I know what I need for each mile, so everything. Well, that's why I'm kind of brought back to Satisfactory. It's something comfortable, but not only comfortable, it's something that I can handle differently. It's something I understand, and now I can go about it in another way. The challenge is there again. Like, okay, now that I know how to be very efficient, how can I build a single factory to be as efficient as possible? So instead of me, like, branching out and having, like, lengthy conveyor belts, everything broken up into different sections, I just have one large area that simply builds everything I need to. Something like City of Brass, since I don't fully understand it, and I'm not seeing it giving me any information to really understand it, like with how the islands work and everything, I'm just finding it tough. And then something like Indivisible, I, I'm really enjoying the artwork of it. I really like the characters. I think the characters are funny, they're witty, and there is some, like, some growth and interaction. Like you find... You find one character who joins your party and he's all about helping you out, taking out the big baddie. 
And so he joins you and eventually you reach this mountain and you find out, he says, I'm a protector of this sacred land, but even I am not allowed to enter its grounds. It's, it's against our practice. I cannot go further. But eventually the main character through dialogue convinces him to come along anyway to take out the big baddie. And he, you know, eventually agrees to do it. Totally fine. Like, I think it's totally fine. It's kind of cool seeing that the character stands his ground. Like, the entire time he says how he's uncomfortable doing this. Like, yes, I'm going to go see this through. I owe you my life and everything. But I am not happy about this. So it's cool seeing how the character has developed that way. Eventually, you take on the big baddie. And this is still early in the game. Like, very early in the game. You take on the big baddie, and then magic stuff happens. And that kind of like kicks our rest of the story. With, like, this ancient evil being awoken, etc. Like, things happen after you fight the big baddie. So you learn out he was just like a pawn. There's a, another bigger baddie. And right after that bigger baddie awakens and the mountain's then destroyed, you wake up later and that same guy comes to you, like the protector, and he fucking hates your guts. He's like, the, like, the way I see it, like, you might be a girl. You might be a 16-year-old child, but the way I see it, we should just leave you here for what you did. And it's really cool seeing how that character changed. Now, story stuff happens to keep him in the party. Like, you end up, you get launched into a desert. And there's a terrible wind in the desert and everything, and you're stranded in the middle of nowhere. So it's like, look, we might as well stay together to at least get to civilization. And then from there, I don't, like, the main character says this. I got us into this mess. I'm at least going to get you out of here. And then from there, I don't care. If you leave, you leave. If you stay with me, you stay with me. I don't care. I understand. And that's really cool. Like, I like how these characters are interacting with one another and how you're seeing some actual growth. And, like, they have, they have morals that actually matter. Like, they, they fully stand their ground when they say something. And if they change, there's a reason behind their change, but there's still a hint of their old feelings that way because people don't change easily, especially adults. But yet, I'm, I'm finding it hard to just keep going. Like I said, because the, the, the combat... The combat isn't giving me anything new. I can change the characters in my party, but since there's no skill trees, there's no equipment or anything like that, I just find it tough. Like, yeah, I'll fight new enemies all the time. Like, the levels aren't super long, and they have a variety of enemies in each level. So I'm constantly finding new people to fight, which is cool. I like it. I do I do like it. But yeah, why? I just... Again, there's nothing, like, compelling. There's nothing that's making me kind of, like, scratch my brain to try something new, to understand something new. Like, City of Brass isn't really making me scratch my brain because I'm like, I don't really know what much of this stuff does anyway. So if I like the name and I can afford it, I'll pick that item up and just see what happens if I can complete this. And Indivisible, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's cool. It is really cool. But since combat is a big part of it, like, it's an RPG. You know, combat's a big part of it. I want the combat to give me something to work with. Like, that's why I find it so hard to play Dragon Age 2. The combat I find is just dull and lacking, and the story's even worse. Like, Dragon Age 2 is just a, a bad game. I'll be honest, Dragon Age 2, bad game. Compared to Dragon Age 1, it's a bad game. So where Indivisible might just have this combat that I'm not really intrigued by, at least the characters are funny, witty, likable, and the story is compelling to some degree. Dragon Age 2, I can't even find the time for anymore. Considering Dragon Age 2 is a long game, I don't even find the time. Like, I was playing through it again because I wanted to romance Aveline because I thought you could romance her. And then as soon as I found out you could not romance her, I just stopped playing. The only thing that kept me going was trying to do a different romance than what I'm used to. (laughs) 
Like, that's just bad. Like, that, that's a bad sign. So I'm not dedicating the time to it anymore because there's nothing compelling for me about the game anymore. Satisfactory, there's still some compelling stuff. Slay the Spire, there's still some interesting things. Like, there's a new character, so there's something new there with familiar ground for me to try out. Hell, there's this game, I don't think I've ever really talked about it. I, maybe, like, once. Steam World Quest Hand of Gilgamesh, that lengthy-ass name. I know I talked about it at one point. I still want to play through it again because I like the steampunk look of it, but I do. I also like how combat's built in it, and I like how you can kind of build your character. Like it's an RPG. You can change your equipment. You can change your deck with what cards you have in it. I like that. I, I do really like how that game is set up. So, yeah, time is a valuable thing, and I'm looking at these games like, what is it I want to put time into and what is it I don't? Because when I put time into something, I want it to be worthwhile. And that's why I'm enjoying playing these RPGs so much, like Cyberpunk, D&D, Lancer. It's fun that even if I don't run the game, if I'm a player in the game, it's fun to have a chance to interact with others. Like to do something I enjoy that others enjoy as well is a great time. And I will always, always be happy to try something new in those games. Like if someone else wants to run a D&D campaign or try their hand at running Cyberpunk or whatever, I'll join. Like, I will I will play in your game, good sir, ma'am, and I want to see how you run it. I'm curious. You know, I'm genuinely curious. That's why I'm caught up in, like, six different D&D campaigns. You know, the one that meets every week was a friend of mine, said his friend was running this, and they had a spot open, so they, they allowed me to play with them. I have... I'm playing in a solo campaign my one friend's running, and he's new to GMing. Then there's, the, there's like, two or three solo campaigns I'm running... Then we have our main campaign, and then I'm I'm playing in two other offshoots that is just a two-player game, so it's the two of us and a GM. Those campaigns are plenty, but each one is different. And I find it very, very enjoyable for that reason. It takes up a lot of time, yeah. But that time is always set aside. Like, I look forward to that time, and I put things, I take care of things. So when that time comes, I know I'm ready for it. And I know that we'll enjoy it and have a good time and have a good laugh. And all that good stuff. You know, this episode's been kind of just wishy-washy, I guess. Like, all over the place. But that's because how, that's how my mind's been recently. Like, I even have the Spiral Reignited trilogy, and I was so excited for it. Because I love Spiral the Dragon. I haven't even booted it up yet. And I think part of the reason why is, again, that time. Like, throughout the year, I'm, I'm a school teacher... I get very busy with a bunch of things like grading, preparing for lessons, just dealing with stuff throughout the day, running clubs, all that kind of stuff. And I know how much I love Spyro. It's like, I don't want to boot up Spyro unless I have time like over the summer. I did the same thing with Crash Bandicoot, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. I only played it during the summertime because once I booted that up, I knew I wasn't going to be moving. I stayed glued to my seat and just played through start to finish, because I love Crash Bandicoot. So, time, not only during, like, busy times, but when you have vacation time, I feel this when certain games shine through, like, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, I usually pick that game up once, once a year, once maybe every two years, and it'll be, like, the only thing I play. I did it with Dragon Age this past summer. I sat down, I played Dragon Age through and through, Dragon Age Origins, the first one with all the DLC, from start to finish, I just grinded through it, and it was a good time. I was tired at times. So I'm like, oh, yeah, now I got to do this mission. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Now I got to handle this. Like, It was tiring at times, but 
I enjoyed it. I, I, I had no complaints playing through it again. I had a fun time. So this is go this is a message to like anyone who like anyone of an older age, you know, who's conflicted or finding it difficult to find time for various things. It's honestly it's not about newer games. Like if there's a series you really like, I know Gears Five recently came out, you know. If there's a series you really enjoy, maybe that's then your time. Like we don't need hundreds of different games to keep ourselves busy and have fun like i know when i was younger and even nowadays like i think about when i was younger i see these people with all these games like these youtubers that show off their room that have like every game on the playstation and the gamecube and all that stuff like they have all these games i'm like when i was younger i kind of had that dream like it'd be awesome to have all that be really cool but nowadays i'm sitting there i'm like yeah if i had all that all those games when would I take the time to play them? Like, every game in my library that I have on my shelf, I've dedicated time to playing. And especially, like, the old games, like, on the GameCube, on the Wii, on the N64, I beat. Like, I put the time, I'm like, I'm beating this game. I don't think I would be able to handle having so many games to play. Like, even now, I look at my desktop, and I see all these games, I'm like, yeah, how many of them have I really beaten? How many of them have I really dedicated time to? So do that, like, just, even if it's a replay, like, even if you're replaying an old game from, like, your childhood or a game you really enjoyed, let that be your game. You know, we don't need to have hundreds of different games to validate our time as a gamer or to have a good time. Hell, it can be what? And if it, even if it's, like, a multiplayer game. You know, like, I know Deep Rock Galactic, I had some really good times playing with my buddy Mudge when we played it, and it was fun. You know, we didn't play it that, for that long or that much, but it was a grand old time. So sometimes that's all it is. Like, even for just one multiplayer game, you know, and you play for an hour or two with some friends, it's great. You know, there is what says, you know what? Yeah, this was, you know, this is worth it. This is why, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm playing games. So do that. Just find, find something. Find that one game that really validates your time. That says, yeah, it's, this is worth booting up because honestly the worst thing for me isn't microtransactions or a waste of time not sorry not a waste of time a waste of money or anything like that it's that waste of time that's what matters to me it's like if i boot up this game will i have fun playing it and will it validate its use of my time where when i am done playing i can say you know what that was good for, you know, two or three hours that I played. That was that was worth it. That was fun. All right, I'm ready to get back to work. Those are the games, at the end of the day, that are really worth it. So whatever game that is for you, you know what? I got that Twitter. Tweet at me, yo. Let me know what game that is for you. That's like, you know what? This, this is my game that you say. This is a game that I will always happily open up and play, no matter what. Because I'm curious. I want to hear what you all say. For me right now, like I said, in terms of video games, it kind of balances like on satisfactory for the most part. But there'll always be that love of RPGs for me that will always be worth my time. So as soon as I'm done recording, I'm going to go play me some satisfactory and have some fun just making this new factory. So it was a little short, but hey, it happens. Sometimes we have an hour-long episode, sometimes we have a 30-minute episode. It happens. 
So, everyone, I hope you enjoy this coming week. And, again, if you are involved in school in any way, oh, well, happy Columbus Day. Tomorrow we have off, which is great. So, enjoy the extra day. Maybe pick up a game, give it some time, play for a couple hours, have some fun. All right? I'll see you all next week. Take care.